Good morning. I'm honored this morning to be able to introduce our guest speaker. Timothy, as you know, is out of town today. He'll be back next week, and he has arranged for Mr. Todd Elwine to speak to us. There's misprint in the program. It says Tom, but his name is Todd, but he'll answer to just about anything. He and I are great friends. I, I met him just a few minutes ago, and uh, we're, we're very happy to have him. Todd comes to us. Uh, he's been in the ministry about 31 years. He's been married 32 years, so they work together pretty good. He is, uh, for 16 years, he was the pastor at Brevard Community Church. Uh, when he felt that God had accomplished uh, through him all that he would there, uh, he moved on and started his own ministry, which is called Around the Corner Ministries. Todd has a, a heart uh, for helping pastors, for helping them uh, teach the gospel. His wife, Sheila, is a, a Bible teacher herself and enjoys blogging uh, Walking and home projects, which probably keeps Todd very busy. They both like to travel, uh, both for fun and for missions. They have two daughters. Uh, Lindsay lives in Greenville, South Carolina with her husband, uh, Jordan, and Lauren lives in Asheville with her husband, Jack. So, uh, Todd, we're very happy to have you here today. Welcome uh, from Arden First Baptist Church, and we're very excited to hear what you have to share with us. Good job. Usually the introductions sometimes can be better than the message, so I hope not this morning. One update about our two daughters, they're both pregnant. So all the grandparents know what I'm talking about, so they'll be our first two grandbabies in July and August, a month apart. And if God has a sense of humor, it may be all at the same time, so we may be between here and there doing that, so we're excited about that. Can, can I just say what a great worship that was? That was, you know what makes a great worship? Yeah. You can clap. Hey, hey, let's don't go all in. Let's either clap loud or not clap at all. Let's do one of the, no, it's good. You know, we get, the, we get an opportunity to be in a lot of different places, and, and I'm just so proud of Timothy. What a great man of God. Um, he just loves the Lord and loves you. And I hear that with him, and I praise the Lord for that. But you also can see just the, the Spirit of God who takes the Word of God to show us the will of God. And that's really the heartbeat of, of what it's about. And you know, really what makes a great worship is Elaine's awesome, and, 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 and music is awesome, but really just a great God. How big He is, what defines a great church is not how big the attendance is, it's how big the God is at that church. Right? So, you guys have a big God, you believe in Him, and He's personal to you. And the joy of that is, is really, is really neat. So it's a joy for us to be here, uh, humbled. I'll be honest with you, humbled to be here. Um, I'm not sure, uh, exactly what the Lord wants to do with all of this, but I do know it's a heart and just comes straight out of scripture and it's something that we're really excited about. Now, I got a chance this morning, by the way, I love the, one of the best places here I saw was in, in the hallway. Those muffins out there are amazing. Whoever made those, I think that's of God. Keep it going. And, and um, sugar-free would be good for those diabetics, but man, that's good stuff. But let me let me ask you this question. You know, we hear this word all the time in Scripture, 
to, and just in churches, why do you exist? Well, we exist as a church most of the time to make disciples. You know, it's a very, it's a very biblical word. We're going to see that. It's a very exciting word. But, you know, I, I want today just to, to bring the two prong to that. It's on the screen, making disciples. It's, it's really a, a, a two piece, if you will, um, uh, opportunity in Matthew we're going to look at, but it's reaching and teaching because if it's one or the other, you get sort of empty, but if it's reaching and teaching, you really understand this sort of system in scripture. And we're going to have the script. Go ahead. Is the scripture up or is it just the, oh, perfect. Okay. So what I want us to do in, just cause I, I like this, I'd like for us to all stand and just read the scripture together because we just honor the Lord in his word. And I'll look over here on the screen. That way we can make sure we're in business. Let's just read the word together. It says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority Go therefore and make disciples Teaching them to observe all And behold, You can be seated. Father, as we just open your word for a moment, Lord, may you speak. May I just, you be the vine and I'll be the branch. Lord, apart from you, we can do nothing. But Lord, we're humbled to, to, to the foolishness of even teaching and preaching. Spirit, we want you to speak. Take the word and you speak to where we are and you challenge us to know you and to grow in you and to be like you more today. We, we celebrate that. In Jesus' name, Amen. So, when we look at this passage, I love the I love the possibilities in in Scripture as we see this. And, and you know, to me, I like to interact with you a little bit. So I may ask you to interact with me a little bit. But where was Jesus here? What had just happened with Jesus? He had just resurrected. Pretty cool, isn't it? Here's Jesus with his disciples at the place he told them he would be. Talking to his disciples, and as he's talking to his disciples, we we pick up and we pick up. If if you look at verse sixteen, you you pick up here. Now, as the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them, you know that Jesus does not miss any detail whatsoever. Hey, he had already directed them to this place in Galilee, and he had directed them, say, "I'm going to see you on the other side of death." But I don't know about you. Done a lot of funerals, but I've never been to a funeral that the person got up during the actual funeral and, and stood back up. I mean, that would be pretty amazing, right? Any of y'all ever been to one of those? If you have, I want to talk to you. Oh, you have? Good. Cool. But if you have, it's, here's Jesus in, in his, his post, his, his resurrection appearance speaking to his disciples, and he's given them this mission and this purpose in life, and he's going to tell them, this is why I want you to exist. This is why I want you to breathe. This is what I want you to be about. And as I talk to some folks, as I walk through, some folks have been on missions and mission trips, and we want to make Christ known. And we see this very powerful presentation. Jesus did it many times. We hear it called the Great Commission. But this is what Jesus wanted to leave with his followers. Now, who is this for? The eleven? It's for all of us. I love to come to church. Do you? But I don't love to come to church just to sit. I love to come to church because we get to worship. We get to love God. 
We get to celebrate God. So I'm going to give you this deal that I've gotten. I'm going to give you a, a heart of a disciple. A heart of a disciple has a three, sort of a three-way makeup. One, a disciple is a worshiper of God. Second, a disciple is, is a servant of God. And third, a disciple is a witness of God. One without the other does not complete them. So as we look at, as we look at this passage and we see these things happening, we see that Jesus had met them there. And notice what happens as we prove this point in verse 17. And when, when they saw him, they did what? They worshiped him. Isn't that worship? Now we may not see him through the eyes of, as they saw him right in front of them. But isn't that what the Spirit does? He discloses Scripture to us and He discloses the Word to us. And, and as we see Him, we want to worship Him. As you have seen the Lord, and let me ask you this question. Have you ever seen the Lord? If you go to some churches, they're thinking, what in the world is He talking about? When you became a follower of Jesus Christ, you had to see the Lord by faith. Right? You saw who He was. Because if you didn't see who He was through the truth of Scripture, you have never saw your sin. Let me tell you where I've learned to. I'm 56, going on 57, close. Here's what I've learned. I am way worse than I ever thought I was. And God is way better than I ever thought He was. Let me say it again. I am way worse than I ever thought I was. But He's way better than I ever thought He was. That's the power of the gospel. It's the power of presentation. How many of you have ever gotten over Jesus? How many of you ever gotten over the day you trust in Him. Ever gotten over the power of what He's done in your life? And as we think about that, that's really what Jesus is telling His followers. He said, listen, hey, when they appeared to Him, they worshipped Him. They, they put themselves in front of Him. And it really just basically worship is this. Lord, I see You for who You really are. And I look up to You. I, you're superior. You're in every way. You're God and You're complete. But notice what the others did. What did they do? Some doubted. Can you figure that out? Some wavered. So all people, when they see Christ, you know, we're not all worshipers and we're not all, we should be in Christ as a follower. We, we should be there. But some doubted they wavered. They were unstable. They, they had a mind that wasn't complete. And Jesus comes with this mission. And as you learn this mission, Christianity becomes exciting. Christianity becomes a movement. Christianity becomes all about Christ. For me to live is Christ. To die is gain. Uh, hey, I, I no longer live, but the life I now live, I live in by faith in Christ who loved me and gave himself for me. So it became this mission of, I don't want you now just to, to do life. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to see the real principle that God has called us out. So here's Jesus talking about this whole idea of gathering and scattering. And, and here's what he says to him. He says, and Jesus came to them. And he said this, all authority. And I love that word because Jesus had brought all the authority from heaven, from God, and gave it to us to say, carry out the mission that I started. Carry out the plan that I have. Carry out what God has called us to do. So all authority, all, all the sovereignty of God is, 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 is huge here. So one of the things that we teach and what we're about now with Around the Corner is this. We believe that God is sovereign over everything. What is God not sovereign over? The word sovereign means rule or dominion. So what is God not sovereign over in the world? Can you name anything? We can go to creation. He's sovereign over creation. He's sovereign over Grace, He's sovereign over life. He's sovereign over death. He's sovereign over the resurrection. We even see here where He took the resurrected and raised them up. He's sovereign over to be absent from the body as to be present with Christ. If you're in middle school, He's, over, he's sovereign over acne. He's sovereign over uh, high school dating. 
He's sovereign over all things. Do you believe that? But here's the deal. Do you believe that God is sovereign over you personally? Let me prove it to you. So he directed his disciples to go exactly where he wanted them to be. How about this? God has put you exactly where he wants you. Where you live. Your neighborhood. Because there's people there that need to know the Savior. Where you work. There's people there that need to know the Savior. Where you play, where you do hobbies. He's put you there. Why? Because people need to know the Savior. Because God loved them and gave His life for them. So we see all authority is being transferred from Christ through the Spirit to us. Here's a crazy deal. So when we go on mission trips, I can build nothing. I'm more of a destruction. destruction. If I'm going on a mission trip and they say, go and tear something down, I would really be good with that. But some of you are builders. You guys can build stuff and you can like, wow, that looks easy. And to me, it looks like that's hard work. To me, doing on a mission trip is like putting a Rubik's Cube together. Some of you can do Rubik's Cubes. Those things drive me crazy. All you do is turn your thing and every time you turn, another side turns. So when I go on mission trips, I don't do that. I get to do this. I get to go and build through the sovereignty of say, listen, I can't build spiritual or physical, but I can help build the spiritual. So what we do is we say this mission becomes, this transfer becomes, God, use us where we are to make you known. What if our mission field was our neighborhood? That's sort of unique. What if our mission field was where we were, where we are? Maybe we don't have to get on a plane to take off. Why? Because God is so sovereign, He's so detailed, He's telling the disciples, He's telling us, all authority is given to me, you're not your own, you're bought with a price, you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. So, I want to send you on a mission, and here's the mission, as you are going, and you can see in Scripture that word in Greek basically means to walk as we see in, in Ephesians, walk in a manner worthy of Christ. It's your journey, it's on a lifestyle, it's, it's your plan, it's not like a Sunday morning meeting, it's the celebration, and then we gather in the worship, and then we go back out. It's been said why missions happen is because we don't worship. See, when you're in love, you can't help to talk about anybody. Any, 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 any of you in here in love? So if you came in that, good, raise your hand, that's good. Um, it's a hard question. So if somebody asked me, are you married? I'd say, can we go around the back so I can whisper to you? Yeah, I'm married. I've been married 32 years. I don't want anybody to know it, but I really am. And I really love her. I love, I started doing middle school and high school ministry 115 years ago. And I love students because with students, you can just shoot straight. With adults, you've got to be beat around the bush. That's too bad. But just with students, you just shoot straight. But when students would come to me and say, listen, I think I may have a boyfriend, girlfriend. It was like for 45 minutes. You can have the shyest kid in the whole world talk for 45 minutes about the future. Well, what this was going to be like. Why? Because it gave them purpose and meaning. And they couldn't help but talk about it. Let me give you something. You know why we don't talk about Jesus? Because we really don't love him. That's where you could say amen, because that was good, right? That was right. We don't. Sometimes we get ashamed to not mean to be. And sometimes we think, oh, well, so what? I'm going to heaven. See, the gospel of Jesus Christ shouldn't stop at salvation. It should affect every area of our life. Our finances, our home, our jobs, everything that we do is affected by what Jesus has done for us. We have communion, but sometimes we think just communion is that connection. No, Jesus is saying, listen, as you go, as you do life, here's the deal. For me to live as Christ, to die as gain. So what could we do to gather 
Well, we equip the saints. And as a pastor, I love that, to equip the saints. But not just to gather. Now we're going to scatter. And after we hit all the restaurants at lunch, we're going to scatter further. And here's what we're going to do. And here's the mission. As you are going, doing life, don't forget who I am and I'm resurrected here. That Christ gives us this foundation as you're going, as you traverse, as you walk, as you journey, as you go through life, as you abide in Him and Him in you. Let me give you a mission. Make disciples. So making disciples, how do we make disciples? What's our part? I know, I probably should not have to ask you. Can we save anyone? Can we transform anyone? Can we take anyone from light, from darkness to light? We can't. That's the Lord's part. Our part is to share Christ. And then we do discipleship. And a lot of times we ask people, do we do discipleship or disciple making? Discipleship is we teach one another, which we should to grow. And that word to make disciples basically means it's a twofold deal. One is to have somebody teaching you. Have somebody growing you. One thing I love about Stephen or Timothy that I, I, I'm not good at, he is really good with technology. Man, Twitter and all I don't know any of that stuff. I can barely write, you know. So I can send you a note. But he's really good with that and uses that to communicate. But he cares about discipling the body. As brothers and sisters, as we gather together, we teach each other. We encourage each other. We build each other up in the, in the facts of the Lord and the truths of the Lord. So that's part of it. But also it's the part that we're also not only being taught, but we're teaching others. And part of that teaching others is making disciples. A disciple, first of all, has to become a Christian. You're not a disciple until you know Jesus Christ. And second of all, they grow up in that faith to go do the same. So, for example, Jesus is coming and saying, let me give you your life's mission. This is the mission. You're going to go, and as you go, you're going to be thinking about me, and you're going to make disciples. So that's a good end. So how are we going to make disciples? Then he goes and he makes this statement. Go and make disciples of all the nations. We've got, a cra- we got two crazy daughters, and we've got one really crazy daughter. A few years ago, our daughter came to us who went to, I'm a, I'm a Tar Heel, so don't hold that against me, but I like Carolina, they won championship. I'm excited. But, so she was at Chapel Hill College, undergraduate, a few years ago. She came to us, parents, pastors, pastor's wife, and said this. I want to drop out of school for a semester. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I felt unspiritual. I'm glad there was somebody with me. What are you talking about? Drop out of school. It's hard to get in here. We're paying good money for this education. And she said, I want to drop out of school for a semester. And as a, as a godly parent, she and I said, you are crazy. You're not doing that. She said, I want to go overseas for a semester. Because I believe God's got to call my heart to make disciples of all the nations. By the way, it's on all our hearts, but our nation is where we are. But she wanted to drop out of school to go overseas for a deal, for a semester. And I said, wow, let's pray about it. We really couldn't pray about that. You've got to go. We can't stop you from doing that. She drops out of Chapel Hill. She goes overseas to a, 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 a closed country, a country that's not free to share the gospel. We get three emails in four, three or four months. One phone call. And the phone call was what's after she rushed out of the country she was in to the next country for safety. Even though it was training, it was for safety to get her own self out of one country to another country that's no safer than the first country. So she calls and says, oh, I broke out of the country because we were in trouble. We're thinking we sang hymns and 
psalms and celebrate. We were scared. We said, what in the world? This girl then comes back brokenhearted for the nations. Not because she had been to the nation, but she couldn't get past what Jesus had done for her. And it broke her heart that people who had never heard the name of Jesus Christ was being slighted, and she wanted to go there and to make Christ known. So she goes, and we thought that was out of her system. Because as parents, we've got to protect, really, as parents, we want to send them. She comes back and graduates college and meets this wacko guy. Is this on video or audio or anything like that? She meets this wacko guy. And I think he just said this because he, he knew was, she's a catch. He says, I always, had to, I always had a heart to do missions also. So they get married. They graduate and get married. Eleven months or so later, or a year later, they come and say, listen, we're going overseas for two years to a country that you don't want to go to. And we're going to stay there two years with the IMB because we want that world to know Christ. We got to go to that country and it's a very difficult country. What am I saying? See, when Jesus said to make disciples, we so often think that God's an American God. He's just really like us and He's not. He's for the nations. You read the Revelation, every every tongue, every tribe. Acts 2, when the Spirit came, there's all the nations and tribes so the world could hear the gospel. Here's the beautiful picture of what Jesus is saying. Listen, all the nations are going to hear Christ. They're going to know the name of Christ. But they've got to hear the name of Christ because that's the makeup. So they gather, we gather here and we come in together. But Jesus said, let me send you out. And as I send you out, you may not go to unreached people groups. You may come to right around the corner here. But I want to make disciples of all the nations. And and twofold, he says, here's how we're going to do it. We're going to baptize them. What does that mean? Put them in the water? No, that's a picture of already after they come to know Christ. See, making disciples, I think, begins with conversion growth. You want to kill a church? Just having everybody transfer from church to church to church. Your church does this. It does better than that. Let me tell you how to grow a church. Lead people to faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, again, it's not the easiest way, but it's God's way. How does that happen? Well, you get a pastor, and he makes you feel bad. And he does a pack of pew Sunday, and you bring all these people in, and you preach to them as hard as you can until everybody gets it. No. You equip the saints, gathering, that's what Jesus is saying. Then you send them out. I love your sign out here. If I had that sign and I didn't believe this, I'd close my eyes and went, oh, by that sign you're heading out to your field. Because that's the truth. So you go out and here's what you do. Lord, we're baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. What does that mean? You're sharing in such a way a place that, man, I want to present Christ to you and an evidence that you can trust Him. Can I ask you this? When's the last time you shared faith of the gospel of what Jesus has done for you with anybody? Now, I don't want to condemn you. Man, I'm guilty too. But what would happen if just a few of us really believed as we leave where God's put us? That's our mission. Where we live, that's our mission. Where we work, that's our mission. What do we do with it? I just tell what the Lord has done for me. So baptize them. This is a picture of immersing them or where they are presenting Christ and they trust Christ into their life. You know, there weren't many Christians here at this point. And Jesus in, in Acts chapter 1, we see 120 or so that were following him. So making disciples is first this picture of gathering where they come together and then they go back out as they scatter, as they are fully immersed with sharing the authority and who Christ is. It's a big, big piece. Let me give you this picture just for a moment and I will try to bring this in. What's a disciple? One is one who is assured of his salvation, John 3, and is activated by the dwelling Holy Spirit. So one that has the Spirit in them. Two, 
disciples are growing in the grace and knowledge of Christ. So he, he knows Christ. Now he's growing up in Christ. See, we really believe this. This is everything that we do around the corner. One, God's sovereign. Therefore, the Spirit lives in you. And as you start praying and prayer walking, He will lead you and prompt you like He did with Philip to people. And then you'll bump into them and they'll say, Wow, I got to talk to them about Jesus. And you say, Wow, I got to share Christ with them. God saved them. They come into the body. So that's the pieces. So up front, you know Christ. And then you're growing in Christ. But the third piece of that is, is also you're a witness for Christ. And that witness is, man, I want to clearly communicate who Christ is and, and what he does. The harvest is plenteous, but the workers are few. Workers are few. Ask the Lord of harvest to send out to the laborers. So when we come to this point of gathering and scattering, God has brought us together to gather. Can I tell you what Sunday mornings really should be? And that's what it is here. You have a spirit here that's unusual. It's the spirit of God. But let me tell you, it should be a place of equipping Fully establishing and developing you and encouraging you. But part of that equipping is what Timothy is doing too, is how do you to go out and to engage your culture? You know how to fix marriages? Share Christ. You know, no, I'm just kidding. You know how to fix all these things? Really, you start developing into all your skills and say, teach me how to engage somebody talking to me about Christ. Let me give you a real great truth. Who spoke to you about Christ? He used somebody somewhere. God's got this crazy plan. He's got the Word. He's got the Spirit. But He uses a human instrument. Faith, you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Son of God. You know, or the Word of God. So it's so what we have. So this picture is somebody shares with us. So we baptize them. So, so part of being a disciple is we witness. We, 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 we share. We, we baptize. And then the final piece of that is in this passage, he, he says this. And we make disciples also. The Father, Son, Spirit. The beautiful picture of what that looks like. The love of the Father. The grace of the Son. And the fellowship of the Spirit. Teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. So you see, it's peace. The teaching is to give them knowledge, to give them insight, to give them wisdom. One of the greatest joys I have is to grow people up in the Lord. I love that. To encourage them. How many of you have ever um, had questions that you didn't have answers to? Yeah, that's my world. Here's what I'm learning. The more I study about the Lord, the less I know Him. Also, the more I study about Him, the more unlimited He is. He really is. And it gets better and better and better. So when you start journeying there, you get excited. Man, I get to pour into people and share Christ with people. But also get to grow those people up and to multiply. So, for example, there's 150 people here, 200, let's say 300 here today. And we say this. What if we all really believe Jesus' mission was for us? He's sovereign. He's given us authority. And here's the authority. Right where I am, God's sovereign. He's put me there. And as He's put me there, there's people all around me that need to know the Savior, the Gospel. And He's put me there, maybe the other Christians to encourage them, but how about if we just viewed it as, God, I'm there and I want to make you known. And I want to practice talking about you. And as I practice talking about you, I'm going to share who you are and people are going to trust you and we're going to celebrate and then I'm going to teach them. Then we're going to grow the church that way. You know what would happen? You would have such a healthy church because people keep coming to know the Lord. And as they keep coming to know the Lord, they grow up. By the way, when we have grandbabies, let me tell you what's going to happen. We're going to have toys. Our nice little neat house is going to have mess. We're going to have toys. Any of you have babies, children, or grandchildren? Don't you love it? You know what makes a great church? A messy church. Not messy in morals, but messy in toys. Well, because you have kids. You know what makes a messy church is newborn spiritually. They just bring craziness. 
Oh, why do you do that? They ask all these crazy questions we take for granted. And we don't have a way in there. I don't know. But what we do is we get this great rhythm of, well, there's a freshness of growing up and watching these people grow. So we're starting to see this great movement all over the place. And this is what Jesus intended. He said, listen, disciples, here's what I got for you. I want you to gather so that you can teach one another, equip one another. Then I want you to scatter so you can reach. And we have that rhythm. As we go out, we're reaching. We come back in. We're teaching, reaching, teaching. Now we've got this beautiful biblical pattern that God has. And here's the promise. I'll be with you. Jesus said some crazy things. And I'll finish with this. Jesus said some crazy things. A bunch of them. But here's one of them. As you go out, I'm going to send you a sheep among wolves. Now, I don't know if you catch that, but that's not a comforting statement. You know, it's not like I'm going to carowinds. You know, it's like I'm sending you a sheep among wolves. Basically, somebody's going to eat you up. I'm not with you. And then he, said, he told his seven, he said this. Also, when I send you out, uh, when you get arrested, don't worry about what to say. I will tell you what to say. Isn't that crazy? Now, if you get a little, let's rally the troops and, okay, you're going to be attacked and you're probably going to be put in jail. Who's in? Yeah, I don't know. I'm thinking, is there, uh, is there a plan C? What would that be? Let me do something different. But that's, that's the gospel. As Christ challenges us, He brings us this beautiful pattern that we, we've got to realize and we've got to own it. Lord, You are sovereign. You save me and I can't get over it. But Lord, this mission, as I go, Lord, strip me of anything that's about me. And Lord, let me continue to understand. I want to make You known. I want to share the story of what You've done for me. And I want to do it systematically. But Lord, I want to be faithful to share who You are. And then also I want to be shared. If people trust You, I want to grow them up. And I want to encourage one another. Then I'm going to go back out and do the same. And we're going to pattern this in this way. Christ, you're worth it. I know this. And I say this in all, all um, humility and truth. I get passionate about people. I like people. And they don't all like me, but I like them. I like people. But the joy of it is this. What has somebody done to you that's worse than we've done to Christ? Nothing. What's the joy of that? We do those worst things and bad things to Christ, whether we believe it or not. And what is he saying? I want you. So there's this unbelievable movement today of God's Spirit that's going to grow the church. And it's going to be this. The Spirit is moving. He's moving hearts to just love Him. And as we love Him, we enter into a world where we're thinking, Lord, I want to be aware of who's around me. And I want them to see you. And I want to tell them about you. And we come to the church and we're aware of brothers and sisters and we love one another to do what? To go back out. Let, let me just give you one challenge. Just maybe two. But one very quickly. One challenge is this. Who in here is willing to say, God, I want to be that person. You probably are already. So preaching to the choir, just smile then. Um, I want to be that person that really believes that, God, you put me in my school, in my home, and wherever. And I want to be that person that not only lives for you, but I want to make you known. I want to practice living out and sharing who Jesus is because that's the reaching part. And how many will say, listen, also I want to be taught and be a teacher, but I want to be in that rhythm. So the pattern becomes a very great example of what God's told us to do. Let's go and make disciples. And as we make them, let's baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Teach them to observe all that I've commanded you. And here's the great promise. You're never going to go without Him being there. 
So I'm going to, I'm going to, let me just pray for us. And I th- we're going to have a time to just, we're going to be here. Maybe we'll just pray for you. Maybe you can just pray where you are. There's going to be somebody here. I'll be here just for a moment. But here's the challenge. If you don't know Christ, run to Him. Man, I'm telling you, He's worth it. He's better than advertised. But the other part, if you know Christ, pray this. God, I want your heart for people that don't know you. And therefore, if you give me that, as He will, you'll have that heart. Church, we cannot be a community just inside the walls. We're going to go out there. Why? Because that's where the fishing happens. And as we go, Christ is going to use us to make disciples, reaching people and teaching people. This church is doing it. We're going to, uh, I guess somebody's going to come and play or whatever this thing looks. You know what it's like. I'll be here. There's be somebody here. If we can pray for you, maybe you want to celebrate, whatever you do. But man, let's see this. Gather us. Scatter us for your glory. He's worthy. Let me pray as they come. Father, so as we go into a time of prayer, time of invitation, time of encouragement, a time of challenge, Lord, be lifted up. The craziness of my words and the joy of my heart sometimes gets ahead of my head, but I know this, the, the power of the gospel, we're not ashamed of. It's, it's, it's who you are and it's what you do. So, Father, as we even take this time of invitation, this time of opportunity, Father, would you speak? Would you draw? Would you grow? Would you encourage? Would you challenge? Would you help us just to make more of you and less of us? Because, Father, you're worthy. And the world is desperate for Jesus Christ. So, Father, as we just take these few moments, as we worship you and love you, do a work in our heart that lasts beyond these moments and send us out into this world today with a very privileged opportunity to make you known in Jesus' name. Amen. Stand with us. And if you need to pray or have some prayer or encouragement, we'd love to pray with you.